Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Wednesday. I am ready for the Sweet 16. I've got all my gambling picks to make you filthy rich. I'll give those to you right off the top here momentarily. But as always, I want to thank all of you watching on YouTube. Click like, click subscribe. You are all phenomenal. I love the comments. You're my favorite people. You know, I get that question all the time from my kids. Dad, who's your favorite? Is it me? Is it your two brothers? Like, pick a favorite, Dad. Pick a favorite, Dad. YouTube's my favorite. I like YouTube more than Twitter. I like YouTube more than Facebook. I like YouTube more than TikTok, uh, Instagram, whatever it might be. You guys and gals on YouTube, you're my favorite. Thanks for all of the support that you guys have shown us. All right. Uh, my gambling picks. Everybody needs money right now because the Joe Biden economy is crap uh, because the Fed just raised interest rates by another quarter point uh, because everything is more expensive because inflation is still sitting at 6%. And so I have, tap the vein, boys and girls, eight winners for all of you. I will shortly be leaving to go to New York City uh, uh, tomorrow, I guess, not shortly, in the next 24 hours, uh, where I will be... Uh, watching the games at Madison Square Garden. I'll be watching Michigan State as they take on Kansas State. I then will be watching Tennessee against FAU. And so I will begin there with the games that I will actually be attending. I've got Michigan State covering the one and a half against Kansas State. Why? I love Tom Izzo in the tournament. Very few coaches are better than Tom Izzo. Time to prepare in the Sweet 16. The guy has been electric for 20-plus years as a head coach. I am all in on Izzo minus one and a half against Kansas State. Uh, in the game between FAU and Tennessee, I'm on the under 130 and a half. Tennessee takes the game down into the mud. They play brutal basketball. They don't allow a lot of points to be scored. I think they will do the same to FAU. They will grind it out. One of the best under teams in the NCAA tournament has been the Vols. I think the under 130 and a half is the play. Uh, I've got Arkansas plus the four and a half points in their game. Uh, I like UCLA minus one and a half against Gonzaga. These are the numbers that are out there as we are speaking uh, right now. I like Alabama, San Diego State, the over 137 and a half. I like Miami plus seven and a half against Houston, Princeton plus nine and a half against Creighton, and Xavier plus four and a half against Texas. I am taking quite a few underdogs uh, in the stretch run of these games on Friday. Look forward to meeting some of you if you're going to be in Madison Square Garden on Thursday uh, or Saturday. Uh, hopefully, I will stay and go to the game Saturday as well. So there are my Sweet 16 picks as I get ready to head up to New York City. Now, potentially, who knows what craziness might be going on in New York City. 
We might get Donald Trump indicted by Alvin Bragg in New York City. And I just want to take a moment to tell you this. I spent a lot of time this morning. I'm still jet lagged. I was up at like 3 a.m. Uh, and I looked at all of the uh, all of the data. I looked at all the legal analysis surrounding these potential charges that Alvin Bragg can bring. And what I would say succinctly for all of you is I believe ultimately these state charges are going to get tossed because there's a reason that, and I mean by the appellate courts, eventually. Doesn't mean that Trump might not get indicted. Doesn't mean that Trump might not get convicted by a jury in New York City because that's a very blue-leaning jury. Uh, But I think the mechanism by which Alvin Bragg is trying to uh, charge Donald Trump is exceedingly difficult to justify from a legal perspective because effectively he's trying to argue federal campaign finance violations while trying to do it essentially using state statutes. In other words, he's intermingling campaign finance law, which primarily exists to keep candidates from getting wealthy while running for office, right? So if you raise a million dollars, they don't want you to be able to take that million dollars and spend it on yourself and essentially get wealthy based on being a politician. That's what campaign finance laws are typically set up for. What has occurred here is Donald Trump actually paid money to Stormy Daniels to $130,000 of his own cash. That is, he wasn't taking money in. Um, And that's the exact opposite of what a campaign finance violation typically is. It's not why campaign finance law has typically been drafted, which is why federal prosecutors looked at this case and elected not to bring charges. I think there are statutes of limitation issues because we're over five years now. Remember, this originally would have uh, occurred in October of 2016. We are coming up on this case six and a half years ago now. Traditional statute of limitations, five years. So I think there's legal challenges based on that. But this is a state uh, law, and this wasn't a state election. This was a federal election. So I think in order to bring these charges, they need to be federal charges, not state charges. Now, if Donald Trump had been running for governor if he of New York, if he had been running for mayor of New York, you'd still have potentially the statute of limitations issues, but you would also then at least have a state law being uh, connected here. Federal campaign finance law preempts state law, and so I don't think you can intermingle these, and I don't think you can bring these charges. It's a very novel idea, but I don't think you can bring these charges under state statute. So I think ultimately, uh, regardless of what happens, whether there's an indictment brought, whether there's even potentially one day a jury conviction, I think that on appeal, these charges will be tossed because I don't think the legal basis for the charges is justified. So uh, that is, I think, important. And again, this is me putting my lawyer hat. I think eventually these charges will be tossed. I also think it benefits Trump to be charged, which is really kind of interesting uh, because I think he wants the perp walk. I think he wants to be the victim here because it ties in with his primary argument that the reason they are coming after Trump is because 
he's standing in the way. They're really trying to come after the common man or woman, which is who tends to support Trump. Also, in addition to Trump stealing all the atmosphere and news associated with these charges, Ron DeSantis, in an interview with Piers Morgan, finally returned fire at Trump uh, and essentially said that he would be a better president than Trump. I'm succinctly kind of summing that up. I'm going to talk for probably the next year and just give advice as we do on Clay and Buck everywhere else. If I were Donald Trump's campaign advisor, what I would say is Ron DeSantis is a good governor. He should stay in Florida. He should bide his time. I will support him in four years after I beat Joe Biden and come back and win uh, re-election because I think Trump believes he won in 2020. When I get re-elected in 2024, then I'll support Ron DeSantis in 2028. I think Trump should run effectively as the president. Ron DeSantis, I think, is going to have to get in the mud on some level. And I think he's going to have to say that Trump lost to Biden in 2020 and that he thinks Trump would lose to Biden again in 2024. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that's the strongest argument that Ron DeSantis can make is that he's more electable than Trump. What I would continue to point out, Democrats have chosen their combatant, right? If you're a Game of Thrones fan, trial by combat, Democrats have sent Joe Biden into the arena. I just came back from visiting the Coliseum. Joe Biden is their guy, all right? He is their trial by combat selection. If you think about what Democrats did in 2020, they made the calculated decision. They really did. They decided that they were going to pick Joe Biden because they thought he was the most likely to be able to beat Donald Trump. They knew Trump was going to be the nominee. So to me, as you break this down, the question that anybody out there who wants to beat Joe Biden needs to be asking is, who is the best Republican candidate to beat uh, Joe Biden. And know that Biden wants to run against Trump, which is why I think partly these charges are about trying to put Trump in as the nominee. There is an advantage to knowing who you're going to run against. And the Democrats in 2020 decided that Biden was their best chance to beat Trump. And they ended up being true. Who's the Republicans' best chance? The battle between DeSantis and Trump is the story of 2023. You're not going to be able to escape it. We're going to be talking about it pretty much every day. It is the Super Bowl uh, of politics right now. And I think whoever wins, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, the Republican nomination will beat Joe Biden head-to-head in November of 24. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, speaking of beat, it's impossible not to be beating CNN. CNN just set their lowest primetime ratings audience in 30 years. You have to go all the way back to 1993 to find the last time that CNN had this few of viewers in primetime. 
CNN's a mess. Nobody's watching it. You want to talk about the biggest loser in terms of Donald Trump not being in the Oval Office. It's CNN by far. People are like, oh, Fox News is going to suffer. Now, Fox News, I saw uh, basically even in viewership uh, this year compared to last year. Meanwhile, CNN obliterated uh, MSNBC down massively. CNN needed Trump. He was their oxygen. He was their sugar high. And without him, they don't know what they're doing. I'll give advice to CNN. If I were CNN, I would pull Bill Maher. I don't know if he'd do it. I would pull Bill Maher off of HBO and I would give him the primetime 9 p.m. hour. Or I'd go get Megyn Kelly. I don't know if she would do it either, but CNN desperately needs to remake itself and they need balance and they need sanity and they need smart. I have a friend in television, he said, smart always works. Not sure CNN's very smart. Megyn Kelly, super smart. Bill Maher, super smart, interesting. That's who I would hire and try to remake CNN if I were them. All I do, try to coach people up. Try to coach CNN up. They're not going to listen, but that's the hires that I would make. I want to give credit. You may have seen me this morning uh, on Fox and Friends with uh, Ainsley Earhart. Uh, I was talking about this story that happened while I was over in Italy. A Vermont high school girls basketball team made the decision not to play against a transgender girl, a boy who identifies as a girl in their state playoffs. And as a result, the state of Vermont has banned that high school girls team. Now, it happens to be a Christian school, but I don't know that that matters in any way. Boys shouldn't be competing against girls. And you'll notice this is only a story one way, right? Girls who identify as boys don't make the team. They have no competitive success. It's not a story. Boys who identify as girls can go to girls' athletics and they can completely and totally dominate. And the fact that this is continuing to occur, it's going to happen in your state, it's going to happen in your school district, it's going to happen in your city, it's inevitable. And it's eventually going to be happening in every sport because boys are bigger, stronger, and faster than girls. And so this pyramid of victimization in play, eventually feminists are going to have to answer the question, whose side are you on? Are you in favor of women's athletics or are you in favor of men identifying as women, dominating women's athletics? That's the choice that everyone is going to have to make. And you're not allowed to just kind of run and hide here because if this is allowed to continue, eventually men identifying as women are going to dominate all women's athletics. And look, I don't see this as a partisan issue. I don't see this remotely as a Democrat, Republican, Independent. I don't see it as a challenging issue at all. And so as we break all of this down and as we contemplate this going forward, people are going to have to pick sides. I've picked my side. People get mad at me and they say, why do you care? I care because I believe in basic competitive fairness. Remember how anytime somebody tries to argue about the age of a... uh, of a player in Little League. Remember when it was Little League and then then there was all these arguments that foreign countries were using older kids and it was a huge story. I think even in New York, if I remember correctly, they thought they had a pitcher who was a couple of years too old. It was a huge story. And it should have been. Because if you're trying to play 12-year-old baseball 
and somebody is 14 or 15 years old, they have a huge competitive advantage. And if you're trying to create competition, which we do all the time, we have weight classes in boxing and combat sports. We have different classifications for high school. Small schools don't play against big schools in terms most places of trying to get a championship. As you break all of this down, this isn't controversial. You don't get to be trans age. You don't get to come out and argue that you are in some way different than, uh, than someone else. You don't get to play 16-year-olds and 12-year-old baseball. And boys shouldn't get to play against girls, no matter what they're identifying as. I don't think this is a difficult proposition to take forward. Um, but I give credit to this Vermont high school, and everyone is eventually going to have to weigh in on this case. Big story here. Not seeing it talked about anywhere other than maybe OutKick. The first round of the NCAA tournament set the highest ratings in NCAA tournament history. That is, more people watched the first round of the NCAA tournament than have ever watched it before, my understanding. This is occurring at the same time that the NBA, for instance, in its All-Star game, set an all-time low for viewership. NBA ratings are tanking at the same time that college basketball ratings are setting all-time highs. How do you explain this? I don't think it's because one basketball... Uh, that, that basketball is suddenly really popular in college and not popular in the pros, I think it is about the NBA embracing a woke agenda and turning off everyone who has traditionally been a fan of the NBA. I tweeted a stat. I couldn't believe it. 23 million people, I believe it was, watched the 1993 All-Star Game in Salt Lake City. NBA. Only 4 million, I think it was like 4.6 million, watched in this year's All-Star game being played in Salt Lake City. In 30 years, the NBA All-Star game lost 80% of its audience. Why is that? I think a huge percentage of that is the woke agenda. I think that they have alienated, the NBA has, a huge percentage of their audience by going all in with woke politics. I also think load management disrespects fans, right? There are a lot of people out there. You want to take your kid, you save up, you get to go to one game, and then the best player doesn't even play. And I think Charles Barkley said, if you don't play and you're healthy, you should have to go sit up on the concourse and pose for photos and sign autographs the entire length of the game. And I agree with him. You're an entertainer. People paid their hard-earned cash to come watch you play. The NBA can't just allow all this load management best players to sit out. So I think it's woke sports. I think it's load management. I think it's the idea of players having no loyalty to franchises, right? If you think back to the 90s, everybody was trying to beat the Bulls. Even the Bulls were trying to beat the Pistons. There weren't these super teams where all the best players went and joined and they're jumping around. I think that hurts the NBA. Um, And I think there's also a culture of disrespect for fans, right? How often do you see a story from an NBA game over the last few years where a player who's making $30 million a year is upset over what a fan sitting courtside says and demands that that fan be kicked out of the game? How often do you see stories like that boil up? When I was a kid growing up, the idea was the NBA is fantastic, right? NBA fans are fantastic, right? 
That was their tagline. And uh, everybody wanted to watch. I don't remember any athlete in the 80s or the 90s in the NBA having any political opinion at all. I didn't care. I didn't care what Michael Jordan thought about anything. Scottie Pippen, Shaq, Charles Barkley. They're all entitled to their idea, but they were trying to grow the game. I think the players have lost touch with the reality of where their money comes from. And I think this is a big deal um, uh, as we look at what's going on. But what I would challenge you with is, where are the NBA propagandists? Where are all those NBA fans out there who've been trying to argue, well, all ratings are down. That's why nobody's watching the NBA anymore. It's certainly not true in the NFL. But now we have direct basketball ratings numbers. College basketball is setting all-time highs for its biggest games, and the NBA is setting all-time lows. So it's not basketball. It's the way that the basketball is presented and the disrespect and the woke agenda that is carrying the day in Adam Silver's NBA, in LeBron James's NBA, and frankly, the American sporting public is saying, we've had enough. Finally, I want to finish with a good story. A lot of times there are not good stories out there. I thought this was a very good story. It is up on OutKick. Do you remember the high school football coach in Washington? His name's Joseph Kennedy. Started coaching at Bremerton High School in the state of Washington in 2008. And he eventually started praying at the 50-yard line after games. I'm reading from OutKick, a story that's up from Matt Regal. Did a good job on this one. Uh, This so concerned the school, him praying on the 50-yard line, that they suspended him in 2015. Um, And Kennedy ultimately sued the school district. Case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And they said the First Amendment protects Kennedy's right to practice his religion to pray. Uh, And here's a a quote from uh, Justice Gorsuch. Uh, The Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. And as a result, the Bremerton School Board voted unanimously to bring Kennedy back to the football program to be able to coach once more. Not only that, they also gave him a $1.7 million settlement. Uh, Mr. Kennedy will be an assistant football coach for Bremerton High School in 2023. They're also going to pay his lawyers in interest-free payments over the next few years. Uh, And Kennedy said, this is a right for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're this religion or that religion or have no faith whatsoever, whatsoever. Everybody has the same rights in America. That's a good story. I want to close it out. Uh, I'm traveling tomorrow, so I will not do an OutKick to show. Hutton and Withrow are going to be up in New York City doing their OutKick 360 show uh, from New York City. I will be on with them Friday. If Trump news breaks, we'll certainly be talking about it on Clay and Buck, but I also may do a special live reaction show if we get an indictment of Donald Trump, if that officially comes down. All right, I love all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I'm Clay Travis, and this has been OutKick, the show.